Hello, baby. Welcome to the Smart People Podcast. Sit back, grab a drink, tune in your brain. Ask not what your country can do for you. This nation will rise up. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the newest episode of Smart People Podcast. I am Chris Stemp, and alongside me, I have Mr. Rojas. What's going on, everyone? I just wanted to take a second and thank all the listeners for their support. We've recently gone back to the front page of iTunes, which is huge for us and our downloads. If you could, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating as it definitely helps the podcast out. I don't think we're going to make it through this discussion without the listeners hearing you hack up along. For everyone out there, I want to let you know, Roach is, Roach is nursing a little sickness, and he's got the kind of cough that makes me not even want to be in this room with him, but I'm going to sacrifice my health for you, the listeners, and I really hope that you're appreciative of that. I was thinking about your sickness yesterday when I was trying to cleanse the entire house, and I came up with a new great money-making invention. I'm going to pass it along to everyone here today. I was thinking of creating or inventing a clear antimicrobial adhesive that you can stick to like random objects in the house. I could put it on your you know, your toilet bowl flusher or the refrigerator door handle or something like that. I, I feel like that'd be beneficial. I don't know why we'd need that as you've kept me locked in a closet <laughs> in a bubble. Well, but here's what I'm thinking, right? I think that's a great idea. And the reason I'm letting everybody know about it on the podcast is because I probably come up with, I don't know, 10 ideas a day and I get all excited. I go to the internet I check it out and it's already been created. So the chances are this has already been done and I'm going to leave it to everyone out there in podcast land to find this and please send it to us. Go to our website, smartpeoplepodcast.com, the contact us thing and send me a link so I can buy something. Save me from this sickness. Speaking of staying healthy, I guess it's flu season in Arizona, which surprised me because I didn't know that you could get the flu in 75 degree weather. But we're lucky to have Dr. Joel Furman on the podcast today to talk about how to eat healthy and, and stay healthy. Dr. Joel Furman is a doctor who founded the Center for Nutritional Medicine in Flemington, New Jersey, and he owns the website www.drfurman.com. He's a leading expert on nutritional medicine and disease prevention. Whole Foods actually selected Dr. Furman as a partner to create their Health Starts Here initiative, which is a program geared towards promoting the health of Whole Foods team members and customers. Dr. Furman's appeared on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, CNN, the Discovery Channel, Food Network, and many more. And now he's going to appear on the Smart People podcast. I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Here's Dr. Joel Furman. We were hoping you could kind of give our listeners an, an explanation a little bit of the nutritarian lifestyle and its main principles. Sure. Well, the basis of all my work has it at its base that we have to eat a diet that's rich in micronutrients. In 1930, scientists discovered, you know, four vitamins and minerals, 14 vitamins, 16 minerals necessary for humans. And it wasn't until about 20 years ago when scientists 
finally recognized that, that vitamins and minerals were not the major micronutrient load that was in food. They were actually a minor portion of the whole load, and they, they classified all those other newly discovered phytochemicals that are so important for human immune function as phytochemicals or phytonutrients. So now we know the three basic classes of micronutrients are vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals. And of course, we can only get the full complement or full symphony of all the necessary phytochemicals for good immune function if we eat a large amount of high nutrient produce. The diseases that afflict most people are the results of a combination of excess calories and deficiency in micronutrients. And that striving to eat a diet richer in micronutrients while not exceeding your um, requirements for calories is the goal to have a, a healthy diet and that could prevent us against heart disease and cancer and strokes and actually is the fountain of youth. In other words, my formula called the health equation, which I actually has been, been discussing for more than for almost 20 years, well, 15 years now, I think, is H equals N over C, where H is the healthy life expectancy, the how long you live, the quality of your life in your later years, your overall resistance to disease as you get older. So that's your H is your health equals N over C, which means the micronutrient per calorie density of your diet which essentially defines that for great health, we have to strive to eat a diet higher in micronutrients and lower in calories. So a nutritarian is a person who recognizes that what we eat matters with regard to our health. And by choosing better food choices and the quality of what we eat, we can, afford, we can have the opportunity, a blessing in human history, to live longer and healthier than ever before. Now, you mentioned a, a change to, to the diet. And Americans have become so accustomed to eating processed and easily accessible foods which you lead to what's called toxic hunger. What is toxic hunger, and how does it wreak havoc? Well, right. Well, first of all, what you're, what you're recapping on is that um, the American diet is now up to an unbelievably 62% of calories from processed foods, which don't contain antioxidants and phytochemicals, and then another 27% of the diet is animal products, which don't contain any significant amount of phytochemicals or antioxidants. We're only eating 5% of the diet's white potato products. The only, we're only eating about 5% of calories from fruits and vegetables and beans and nuts and seeds and all types of um, plant foods that, have, that are rich in these nutrients that we need. So the point is, is that um, the American diet is toxic. It's toxic because when we don't meet our micronutrient needs and we eat things like white flour and sugar and oil and, and animal products without the necessary phytochemicals and antioxidants, we build up waste products in our own tissues because the body can't control its production of free radicals when we don't have antioxidants and phytochemicals that, are, that we're being fed with that would normally be in our tissues had we been eating a nutrient-rich diet. So we have at various types of toxins that build up in our tissues. Besides the free radicals, we build up advanced glycation end products and lipofusion and aldehydes and all types of things that irritate and inflame tissues. And, we, and because of that, we, uh, scientists use a term called oxidative stress to represent a high degree of inflammation in the, in the body when we're not eating an adequate, um, adequate amount of these um, protective micronutrients. So, the, so the, the point here is that we cycle out of phases, a digestive phase and a, digest, and a phase where we're living off of what's stored and then we get hungry again and we eat again and we're in the digestive phase. And the digestive phase is called an anabolic phase. That means we're utilizing what we're eating and storing, it as, uh, for storing those calories in our tissues. And then we go into a catabolic phase where we utilize the stored material. It's like filling your car up with gasoline. 
basically the anabolic phase, and then you're going to drive around and use up that gasoline. That's the catabolic phase. And as we fill up our tank with food, and then we, as we don't eat, but we can, we burn off what's stored in the catabolic phase. That's the phase when we're not eating and not digesting, when the body can most effectively heal and detoxify and repair, and devote its energies towards self-cleanings, to so to speak. But people feel so ill when they hit the catabolic phase because their body's so toxic. They feel so ill when the body goes into this detox mode. So instead of burning off their stored reserve of calories, they start to feel shaky, they feel weak, they feel headachey, they feel fatigue, mental confusion, stomach cramping, mental fogginess, whatever it is, they don't feel well when the, when the body starts circulating toxins. So they eat again because it relieves it. It's like filling your car with gas again when the tank is already full. We, so eventually, let's people becoming overweight. They become obese. They, they can't. So they, the more toxins you build up, and it's been already shown in medical studies that people who have a tendency to become obese, build up more toxins in their tissue and have more of these symptoms and have more toxic um, byproducts in their urine, like the aldehydes are higher in their urine. But I have essentially, one of my main contributions to the science here and one of my main discoveries is this concept of true hunger and toxic hunger, that when you, that's the quality of what you eat that matters because when you eat a diet with nutritional quality, your perception of hunger changes, you don't get these strong, ill feelings of toxic hunger. They lessen, eventually disappear, and it's replaced by what I call true hunger, which occurs after you're in the catabolic phase for hours and you've utilized all your glycogen reserves, and it's time for your body to restore fill its tank again. So essentially, true hunger becomes a precise computer that directs you to the exact amount of calories you need to maintain your perfect weight, whereas the toxic hunger, which is something like an addiction, and it isn't, you know, I'm claiming that this is what addiction is. Addictions mean it drives you to do things that are unhealthy for you. And feeling better isn't getting better. Feeling, you know, when you're withdrawing from caffeine or smoking cigarettes or cocaine, you sure you want to eat more cocaine, you know, I mean, snort more cocaine or eat more toxic stuff or drink more soda to feel better, but feeling better is getting worse. Feeling worse is getting better. And the trick is to eat healthy or to stop imbibing with, with harmful substances so you can feel good and be back in touch with true hunger again. And this is so critical, so important for people who want to be healthy or want to achieve an ideal weight. We had talked to a doctor earlier who, who I specifically asked about antioxidants because I'm interested in them. They're all over the news. And his response was, was that the body has many natural, I guess, antioxidant properties, things to deal with the oxidative stress. Do you agree with that? Well, the statement is true, but, it's, but he's not really explaining it well because the body has not... See, when you take an antioxidant like vitamin E or vitamin C, it may reduce free radicals for a couple of hours, but when you eat green vegetables that don't just have vitamin C and vitamin E in it, but have isothiocyanides and glutathione, they, they arm systems in the body that keep free radicals in check and act as a free radical scavenger that lasts for 20 hours or 36 hours. In other words, we get ongoing, long-term antioxidant and oxidative stress defenses from eating a, a full complement of various phytochemicals and nutrients. The, the idea that one antioxidant, like taking a high-dose vitamin C, is going to protect us, I mean, that's the notion that doesn't show to be true. But I think what he's saying wasn't false. It just wasn't expressed rightly. Your, your body's free radical control mechanisms and long-term control of, of, of um, free radical production can't function normally unless we eat these phytonutrients and help we eat a, a, a good amount of these healthy plant substances. That's a great Which is not merely just antioxidants. It's also these phytochemicals, you know. Right, right. Well, I guess the, the obvious next question then would be, could you help um, explain to, to myself and, and our audience the best type of foods to eat, how, how they can 
get these foods? Are you talking whole grain or strictly, uh, you know, vegetables and, and in what amount you kind of recommend them? Right. And you and your question says, what is the best, you know, and what foods are the most powerful? You fight cancer. What foods will reverse your heart disease and diabetes most effectively? What do you give a person that's 400 pounds and needs to lose weight? Or what do you do with a person who has a blockage in their heart or who is with a high family history of cancer? Ah, true. And the answer to those that, the answer to the question is green vegetables have more than not just 10 times as much nutrients as a piece of bread or pasta or, or you know, a piece of meat, but they have 100 times as much of the antioxidants and phytochemicals and micronutrients than does those are the, those are the foods that most Americans eat. So Americans have a, a tremendous green vegetable deficiency in the blood level of lutein and the blood level of alpha carotene, these green vegetable markers, these nutrients that mark your green vegetable intakes, correlate best with longevity, decreased mortality, protection against heart attack and cancer. But the other thing is, is that onions and mushrooms are also powerfully protective. And it's important, and they're very excellent. They have very powerful effects against protecting against cancers. You know, and also I recommend people eat beans on a regular basis for other reasons and seeds in their diet for the for whole, a source of healthy whole food fats that have protective effects against cancer and heart disease. So here, so just to remember the foods with the most protective effects, we talk about the word gomes, like a comb, comb in your hair, like you use a comb to comb your hair with a G in front of it. So it's gomes, greens, okay. onions, mushrooms, beans, seeds are the most powerful anti-cancer foods that we try to, you know, utilize in our diet with, in large amounts each day. I, How much do you should eat those? Is that what your next question was? Yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, what kind of mixture you recommend. Because that's, that's a great, I mean, I like that acronym just because it keeps it simple. And that's what, I think we need more of that these days because we get caught up in so many different theories. So, um, yeah, how, many, how much right. do you recommend or... I recommend everybody eat a large, a big salad. Raw vegetables are pr- incredibly protective and produce long life and protect against cancer. So we're talking about shredding raw vegetables into a salad, lettuce, arugula, watercress, cabbage, kale, collards, you know, different raw vegetables with a delicious, you know, and of course, tomatoes, shredded carrots, shredded beets, anything you oh, A big serving of either two small salads a day or one large salad a day, a very important part of a healthy diet that everybody has to eat each day. And we usually recommend a delicious, you know, dressing made from healthy, nut, healthy whole food ingredients like blending tomatoes, dried tomatoes, roasted garlic, you know, almonds and sunflower seeds with fig vinegar or balsamic vinegar. You know, we make a, the dressing itself is so healthy you can eat it with a spoon or an orange blended with cashews, sesame seeds, lemon and blood orange vinegar or something. Make a delicious healthy dressing for it. And then secondly, um, in addition to having a salad every day, we want people to have some beans every day. The beans could be on a salad or we could make a bean onion mushroom soup, or we could put beans in a, in, a, in a bean burger with mushroom bean burger or something. So, you know, we want people to eat beans every day, you know, three pieces of fresh food a day. So the point is, is that a bowl of vegetable soup, serving of cooked green vegetables, big salad every day, you know, fresh fruit, and, um, of course, all these trying to create these delicious gourmet nutritarian recipes in appetizers, desserts, main dishes, and soups to taste so that we can show people that healthy food can taste better than, as delicious as and even better than conventional food that people are eating and realize that this why not get great pleasure and get great health at the same time now all these foods that you mentioned appear on the uh, the food pyramid that you created which differs from the usda food pyramid why do you think the government recommended uh food pyramid is so off base well because all when a conventional authority gives advice they base their concerns based on um not just politics and what's socially acceptable, but also who has the economic strength that affects the laws, the recommendations, in other words, how it affects the food industry, the various 
participants at the stores or in the food or across the um, the food producers across America. They don't want to exclude anybody from being part of the, the plan. So it's there's a lot of social, political, economic, and Nick, and um, how should I say it? Um, it's not based on science. It's just not. So if we move all those factors and just basing on science, we can just go with the healthiest foods, the base, and, and have the highest nutrients and the most can- anti-cancer foods would be at the base of the pyramid, and we can construct a diet by m- amounts to make a diet, extend human lifespan by 25 or more years, win the war on cancer, stop everybody from having heart attacks and strokes, and literally take care of America's health care issues. If we could get a, a nutritional pyramid put out there based on science and not political concerns, and that's what I do. I say forget about what people want to eat, forget about what who has, who's going to be offended by it, and forget about what you know what's and just give give people straight science, not based on any prejudice or biases, and let then then let them people decide what they want to do. And that's the only you know that's the way we have to be. I mean, I otherwise you're selling people out, you know, by assuming they're so assuming that they can't accept it, they can't hear the truth, they're not going to make you know people lose their jobs or whatever. Or this they have too much power in the advertisers, and you know that advertisers in magazines and on television shows can't promote information based on science because they got to promote what's good for their advertisers so the so the the power of the of our um, processed food and fast food and and food industry is very powerful and and of course the drug industry is very powerful because of all their you know their economic power yeah it's <laughs> it's just so sad to hear that you know but I, I I definitely agree with it actually going along with that I wanted to ask you how would you compare the nutritious or the nutrition value of juice to that of the actual vegetable or fruit? Because obviously, you know, juice is another thing that the big business can push with things like V8 and all, all that. Does that actually strip out a lot of the nutrients when they when you juice something? Well, I certainly think that with regard to fruit that fruit juices aren't generally a great idea because you extract all the sugar and the sweet part, but you remove the fiber, the things that take it into your system more gradually, and you remove most of the, some of those beneficial um, anthocyanins and beneficial factors tied to, the, um, tied to the fiber. As far as vegetables are concerned, I mean, you're removing the fiber and much of the amino acids bound to the, the fiber, but you're, you're still getting a lot of, if, especially if it's fresh squeezed juice, you're still getting a lot of the otherwise the, um, you know, the soluble compounds that, are, that have beneficial effects. So I think that vegetable juice, like green juice, or carrot juice or beet juice in a glass, you know, you know, sometimes it's still a good thing to do and a, a nice complement to a healthy diet if people like that. The other thing I was wondering is, do you recommend organic produce over regular produce? Because I know you hear a lot about how, say, the tomatoes we eat are actually, you know, ripened on the way over here through the use of chemicals. So do you have a take on um, organic versus non-organic? Yeah, they, they might be gassed or they might be picked more green, but certainly organic produce tastes a lot better. You know, it's usually, and also with you, you know local produce you can buy from your local area farms certainly taste a lot better, is fresher and, and um, better quality as well. And when you eat organic food, you're supporting a movement that's protecting our, our land, is protecting the bees and the the environment. It's protecting the the farm workers and the people that work with chemicals. And they, they're those farm workers that work with these chemical pesticides at a higher rate of lymphoma, leukemia, and soft tissue lymphomas and other things like that. And and certainly there's some foods that have a particularly high residue on them, chemical residue, like strawberries and spinach and celery that we should avoid. So I do think the organic movement is something very beneficial. We should try to eat organic if we can afford it, and we should try to eat organic you know, for our health as much as possible, too. It's not the major factor causing cancers and heart attacks. That's the quality of the diet, but still organic plays a much smaller role, but it's still good to uh, get organic if you can. 
What are some tips that you have for our listeners to make this way of eating easier as well as cost and time effective? You know, everybody's always, you know, in a rush. Well, one tip we have, which we recommend strongly, is making a giant pot of soup on the weekend. I'll make a big pot of soup with and put all the anti-cancers, you know, put tomato juice and carrot juice and celery juice in there. I'll put fresh, um, fresh herbs like... Um, you know, like basil and dill and oregano, and I'll put spices in. I'll put the onions and leeks in there. I'll put some green cruciferous in there, like kale or bok choy. I'll put a bunch of beans, split peas, and put mushrooms, you know, split peas or azuki beans or red beans or navy beans. I'll put different spices in there to flavor it. I'll throw, um, of course, I'll throw some onion, the onions in there, you know, um, and mushrooms, which are, you know. So we'll make this giant pot of food, and then I'll put that big bowl, you know, once it cools down, and maybe we'll eat it at dinner on you know, the weekend. I'll put the whole giant pot in the refrigerator, on the shelf in the refrigerator, so the next morning it's cold and I can very easily aliquot it out into, like, different containers. So now I have, like, eight different containers of soup for the whole week already made, and I can just grab one to run to work with me for lunch with maybe a salad and a little thing of dressing or something and a piece of fruit. So I think lunch is the most important meal. You're out of the house. You're exposed to other foods in the environment that may not be as healthy as you have at home. And preparing your food in advance, you just grab it to take it for lunch and make it really easily. That's hearty and filling. But you can eat a salad, a bowl of vegetable bean soup, and a piece of fruit for lunch is the important cornerstone of a healthy diet. What is your take on the recent, uh, sort of recent trend of trying to eat numerous small meals a day versus three square meals a day? Well, I think that makes sense when you're a food addict. Because when you have, because people, because first of all, when you eat frequently, you eat more calories. And if you're eating that frequently, you're not in touch with hunger and you have no connectivity. You're not listening to your instinctive, instinctive messenger tell you how much calories you should eat. So the point here is, is that the body can most effectively repair and detoxify in the catabolic phase of digestion. And when you always go from anabolic phase to anabolic phase, you inhibit catabolism and you don't just overeat then, but you age the body. You don't allow the body to detoxify and repair as much as it could. Um, no, so I'm yeah, saying when you wake up in the morning and you're not hungry, don't eat breakfast. Wait till you're hungry. Go exercise. Uh, you know, and that's been shown to reduce that people who eat, eat a big breakfast wind up eating more calories of the day as well. And we should not. We should be listening to our bodies. I'm really glad that you said that. I'm not a big breakfast eater, and I always hear you know eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a queen, and dinner like a pauper or something like that. And so I had forced breakfast, and finally I just said, if I'm not hungry, obviously I'm fine, and it really has never affected me. So I kind of go with what you're saying. Well, we certainly, and, and they, you know, maybe the point is is that we shouldn't eat a large meal at nighttime either. You shouldn't actually ever eat till you're full. You should ever eat with your stomach's distended and you're uncomfortable, you know. But of course. You know, when people really understand this, you know, you know, my book, obviously, my most popular book is called Eat to Live. And when people understand these principles and start eating properly and understand how the body works and the signals and the sensations that happens when you eat right and they see it happening to them, it solves all these issues for them. They, it's all the, it puts all the pieces of the puzzles together and all kind of makes sense for them. And they realize they've just been, you know, struggling because of all they've been bombarded with all these false information and myths over the years like, you, like we're talking about now. I had a quick question. Um, you, you've mentioned that your body needs to detoxify, and there's there's a bunch of cleanses that people try to push out there. What is your take on those cleanses, and what is the actual best way to detoxify your your body? So, if one of our listeners, you know, wanted to start today, what could they do? Well, cleansing in most cases means those powders and cans you take, and the you know this, and they really just a, a fancy word for for laxative. They're just laxatives, like they put senna 
cascara, some other good stuff in it, and it's it's harmful. It's an irritant to the digestive tract wall because people think they're having a lot of bowel movements. It's cleansing them, and no more cleansing them than washing their mouth out with soap would cleanse them, or taking an enema would cleanse them. The toxins are in your fatty tissues. They're in your, not, you know, the colon or the digestive tract is essentially outside the body, and it's a myth to think that hold, that's where all toxins are being stored or that's being stored at all, you know. So in any case, you eat right, eat a lot of raw vegetables, and the raw vegetables and the healthy foods are your cleanse because they are your natural GI cleanse. They flush out things in you and fuel the growth of good bacteria. But to really detox, you have to not overeat, and you have to eat high-nutrient food so the body's cells has the nutrients it needs to utilize its, its cellular machinery that is that already you know your liver and your kidney and your cellular machinery is where detox occurs and removes and it actively removes toxins from your tissues and if you can eat properly you can also reach, um, you know very rapidly get to an ideal weight I, if, funny this weekend at one of our um, we, we have our weekend immersion this last weekend where about 270 people came for um, you know for for hear lectures and taste the, you know have us make the food for a little training session and they um one woman just told me she lost about, I think she said she lost about 13 pounds in two days. Now, you can't lose that much fat. That means she was on a high-salt diet, and she, she just ate healthy food with no salt, and she dropped so much water weight. Mm-hmm. It's just showing how toxic she was and all the crap she was eating. You know, so, we, so there's a lot of fluid being retained in people's tissues, too, that can dump out of their tissues as a result of eating healthy because the body's cleansing. It's cleansing away toxins. It's getting over and your body. And when it does that, it dumps a lot of extra fluid it was holding to dilute those toxins. Well, Dr. Furman, I'd, I'd personally like to, you know, if I had the opportunity to talk to you for hours, I know that we don't, but I guess that the next best thing would be to go ahead and, you know, start looking into your literature and the books you've written and things like that. I know you mentioned your newest book, Eat to Live, I believe you recently released a, a newer version. Could you just tell our listeners, you know, where they can find that and anything else you yeah. want to let them know about your, your practice or your, your books? Well, Eat to Live was came out in in 2003, and, and it's you know it's done so well over the years with such a you know large following and translated to so many different languages that um, Little Brown wanted to make a new revised version, which we just came out this January, which can be purchased anywhere, you know, and, and of course our website at drfurman.com, you know, my personal website, we have a lot of information for people, and I also have a member center where people can ask me questions personally, where we can actually have you know tutorials and member teleconferences and forums where people can communicate to give people extra support and information they need if they're looking to, you know, can not just get ideal health, but also some people have particular medical problems they would need help, for, they need help with. And, you know, I'm claiming here that, that nutritional excellence is the most effective therapeutic intervention for most, most chronic diseases, not medications. And it's not just a healthy diet to live longer, but also to reverse and prevent disease, but also to reverse disease. I think that's also, you know, important to realize that you know, people have diabetes, heart disease, headaches, migraines, asthma, all these conditions that they can get, make, they can make total recoveries through nutrition as opposed to taking drugs the rest of your life. Wow. Well, it's just, it's great stuff. And I, I know I'm anxious to read it. Um, we really want to thank you for being on the show. We appreciate, uh, appreciate your advice and I'm sure our listeners will too. Oh, terrific. Good talking to you guys. All right, Dr. Furman. Thank you so much. All right, well, we hope you enjoyed the interview as much as we did. I actually am literally cooking a pot of soup right now, and most of the ingredients in it I have never had in my kitchen before, but I'm looking forward to being a little healthier. 
Remember, his book, Eat to Live, is available on our website. If you click directly on the link, it'll take you to Amazon where you can purchase it or just check it out, see if it's something you might enjoy. I wanted to thank everybody for all the Amazon purchases that you've been making through our Amazon widget. It truly does help out the podcast. It helps out with bandwidth charges and with other little incidentals for the podcast. I also wanted to remind everybody that there's the donate button on the page. I wanted to send out a special thank you to Justin Oakley, who made the first donation through our page. Again, I'd like to thank The Outdoors for the music provided on the podcast. Please take a few minutes out of your day to join them on their quest to 1,000 likes on their Facebook fan page. It only takes a few seconds. Go to their page, click like, and support a great cause. The Outdoors really do rock, so check them out. They got their music up there on Facebook. We're huge supporters. Also, wanted to give everybody a little heads up as to what's coming up in future episodes. Not in this particular order, but we're so excited about these guests. I wanted to give you guys an idea. Um, We're going to have Alex Tidmarsh, who produced the movie Earth, which is the Disney feature-length version of the documentary TV series Planet Earth. We're going to have Vern Harnish, who is an incredible speaker. He's a world-renowned entrepreneur and business builder. And also, we're going to have Lawrence Krauss, who, if you don't know who he is, you really should just Google him, YouTube him. His stuff's incredible. He is the only physicist ever to have been awarded the highest awards of all three major U.S. physics societies. It's going to be incredible. We're really excited to share these with you. Also, don't forget, go to our website, smartpeoplepodcast.com. There's a Contact Us tab. Feel free to give us your feedback. Recommend anybody you'd like to hear. And if you want to be on our listener segment, we don't have one on this episode, but we're going to continue doing that, and we'd love to hear from everybody. So I'm starting to feel sick from being in the same room as Roach. I'm going to get going. Thank you all for listening, and tune in next week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Drink your Ovaltine. I love Ovaltine. <coughs> God damn it, dude. Something worse than life
focus on the feet.